Good morning, everyone. I'm just making sure the microphone is on. It is, isn't it? So you can hear me. Hopefully you didn't hear me talking at the back of the church. I'm uh, Reverend Glenn Schaefer. Uh, many of you will know that. You know that I've been here for the last few days visiting the congregation as I consider the call that you've extended to me. And somehow or other, I got, I got hoodwinked into leading you in worship today. And, and it's not a hoodwink. I enjoy doing it. So it's good to be here with you today. First of all, we want to welcome our guests. I'm one of the guests. I uh, want to welcome the guests who are here today. Uh, and I hope that after the service, you'll take time to introduce yourself. Um, not just speaking to the guests, but to the members, that you members would introduce yourselves to us who are the guests among you so that we uh, can enjoy one another's company. The Old Testament lesson for this, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost, is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 4. Moses is addressing the people of Israel and he says, And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you and do them, that you may live. And go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and just decrees so righteous as all this law that I have set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the sixth chapter, beginning at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus called the people to him again and said to them, 
Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about that parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And Jesus said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Before I get into the sermon today, I want to say it's been a delight for both my wife, Sandra, and I to be here this week. I think I've put on a couple, weights, a couple pounds of weight between the pastries with pastor and the popsicles with pastor, and now I think I need Pilates with pastor. I don't know. <laughs> But it's been delightful to get to meet so many of you, and I've so appreciated that even though I know it's Labor Day weekend, many of you have stayed around so that you can meet with me and attend uh, the various meetings I've had with the council members, the call committee, the uh, deacons, some of the deacons yesterday, and on and on it goes. And so thank you very much for your graciousness. And I sure hope that you got a good, good amount of sleep last night with all that thunder and lightning going on uh, and kept us awake, so hopefully we'll all uh, get through this message together. The text that I've selected uh, for this message this morning is actually from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, the fourth chapter beginning at verse 5, where Paul writes, For we do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in, char in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is our text. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ as Lord, writes St. Paul and for very good reason. You see, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the bridge between God and us. Jesus is our priceless treasure. You see, in our bondage, Jesus is our freedom. In our blindness, Jesus is our vision. In our hunger, Jesus is the bread of life. In our searching, Jesus is the answer. In our quest for love and acceptance, Jesus is our suitor and the beloved. In our weakness, Jesus is our power. In our storms, Jesus is our anchor. And in our worry, Jesus is our peace. In our despair, Jesus is our joy. 
In our guilt, Jesus is our advocate. And in our defeat, Jesus is our victory. And in our grief, Jesus is our hope. Today, tomorrow, and forever. Yes, we preach Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and not ourselves. And why would we want to preach ourselves? I mean, can we save someone from God's wrath? By nature, are we not spiritual orphans? Are we not separated from God because of our sin? Are we not poor in spirit? Are we not spiritually blind? Are we not shackled in our sin? Jesus says in the Gospel reading for this morning, Out of your heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things, he says, come from within. And it's that which defiles a person. And so we're weak, and we're powerless to overcome Satan and death. St. Paul reminds us of that struggle in the epistle lesson for today when he says that our struggle in life is not just against flesh and blood, but our struggles are against the rulers, they're against the authorities, they're against the cosmic powers of the present darkness. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If we try to resist and fight against these evil forces that are at work in our lives, using our own strength and our own wit, we will fail every time. In fact, we have a better chance of defeating a sumo wrestler than we have in overcoming the devil by our own might. And so it's for good reason, isn't it? That we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ as Lord. One preacher said, I have only one sermon. Come sinners and look on Christ. Now, do you want to hear something that is absolutely mysterious and even nonsensical? God places treasure in clay pots. Now, how bizarre is that? I mean, in Paul's day, jars of clay were inexpensive common vessels, used to hold water, used to hold food, used for household items. Maybe you'd put some trinkets in it, maybe even in some cases, treasures. Jars of clay were as common in Paul's day as rubber-made plastic containers in our day. And yet the Bible tells us that Jesus was a treasure in a jar of clay. I mean, Jesus was born in human flesh. But think of it, who is Jesus? Jesus, as we just confessed in the Nicene Creed, is God's eternal Son. Jesus is the omnipotent one who participated in the creation of this vast and glorious universe and world. Jesus is the one who's present everywhere. I mean, it's, he's God. And yet God is in the flesh. He's in flesh. He's, he's subject to hunger. He's subject to weariness. He's subject to grief. He's subject to death. And Jesus was indeed cracked, wasn't he? He was broken. He was shattered when he died on the cross. And like a broken, useless pot, clay pot, he was discarded to the dump, 
to death. But we know that he rose from the dead, don't we? And that's another story for another day. St. Paul compares us to jars of clay that contain a priceless treasure where there was nothing but spiritual darkness. The creator of the heavens and the earth who said in the primordial days of creation, let there be light and there was light. This same creator, by the power of his word, made light shine in your heart and in my heart when we were baptized or when the spirit of the Lord brought us to faith through the power of his word. And so although we're broken, chipped, cracked clay pots, our Lord has placed in each and every one of us priceless treasures. And so you ask, well, what priceless treasures do I have in me? Well, what you have in you is none other than Jesus himself. Didn't St. Paul say, it is no longer I who lives, but it's now Christ. It's Christ who lives in me. And if Jesus lives in me, so does his forgiveness, so does his love, so does his mercy, so does his peace, so does his joy. And as Jesus lives in us, we can then share that love, joy, peace, hope, and everything else with the people in our lives. And so we have Jesus in us, clay pots as we are. But we also have the Holy Spirit living in us as well. We are the temple of the Spirit of the Lord. St. Paul writes, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price, and therefore honor God with your bodies. And so you see, we have the Spirit of the Lord living in us. That means that we have the fruit of the Spirit living in us as well. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We have faith, hope, and love abiding in us because the Spirit of the Lord abides in us. And in our lives, we have the privilege of sharing that faith, hope, love, joy, peace, forbearance, and everything in our relationships with people in our lives. Now, despite having these treasures within us, we're still clay pots. We're delicate, aren't we? We're vulnerable to the bumps and hard knocks of life. We're easily cracked, chipped, and even shattered by life. There's nothing soft about being a follower of Jesus Christ. In the epistle lesson, Paul compared the life of a Christian to a battle against satanic forces. A battle so fierce and so perilous that we need the full armor of God placed on us by God in order to survive. To the Corinthian Christian, St. Paul describes his life as a follower of Jesus this way. Paul writes, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around us in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus, he writes, may be revealed in our body. 
So who of us sitting here isn't like a chipped and broken, cracked clay pot? I'm sure as I get to know you better, we would find that we're not just, I would find that you're not, you are hard-pressed. Hard-pressed by the ways of life. But you're not crushed. I'm sure there's many things in your life that are completely perplexing, even questions that you have about God that are completely perplexing. But we do not despair. I might even find that you are ridiculed and ostracized because of your faith. But we're not abandoned. I would probably find that each and every one of you are somehow afflicted by illness or broken relationships or depression or anxiety and even death. But we need not be destroyed. And why? Because of Jesus and the relationship that he has established with us. Do you remember how I began my message? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the bridge between God and, and us. Jesus is our priceless treasure. Jesus is our freedom. He's our vision. He's our bread of life. He's our answer. He's our suitor. He's our beloved. He's our power. He's our anchor. He's our peace. He's our joy. He's our advocate. He's our victory. And yes, He is our hope. And therefore, Paul St. writes to the Corinthian Christians, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, Paul writes, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul understood what it meant to be a clay pot, broken and chipped. He struggled with what he called his thorn in the flesh. Numerous times he prayed, God, take this thorn in the flesh away from me. And each time God's answer to him was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul had to learn to rely on the grace and the forgiveness of God. He had to stop relying on himself and his own ingenuity. He had to simply fling himself on the mercy of God. And so he continues to write to the Corinthian Christians saying, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. He says, I delight in insults, I delight in hardships, I delight in persecutions, I even delight in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Strong because he's relying on the Almighty God, his Savior. I like how Casting Crowns expresses this truth in one of their songs called God of All My Days. I won't sing it for you, but I'll read some of the words to you. They sing, I came to you with my heart in pieces and found the God with healing in his hands. I turned to you, I put everything behind me and found a God who makes all things new. 
I looked to you, drowning in my questions, and found the God who holds all wisdom. I trusted you, and I stepped out into the ocean, and you caught my hand among the waves. John Piper said, a Christian is not a person who believes in his head the teachings of the Bible. Satan believes in his head the teachings of the Bible. A Christian is a person who has died with Christ, whose stiff neck has been broken, whose brazen forehead has been shattered, whose stony heart has been crushed, whose pride has been slain, and whose life is now mastered by Jesus Christ. Show me a person who is broken and who is relying on the Lord Jesus Christ in his power and strength, and I will show you a person that God can use.